Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Well, hello and welcome to We made it Freaky Friday number 69 (laughs) Yeah, whatever that means to you Celebrate privately Publicly, (laughs) however you celebrate We're not here to shame you However you want to celebrate On this wonderful July 14th It's 10 days after the 4th It doesn't hit as right When you're like, it's the 14th of July No, but I'll tell you what People still love to shoot off fireworks around here (laughs) Same. It's July 14th, and we're still hearing fireworks. You're like, there's a one in front of the date, yeah, man. You You're can't off. do it anymore. It's it's done. You get maybe like two days, give or take, on the and front then, or back end, and then it's done. Yeah. The only other thing going on down here in Texas is I'm hot as shit. Uh, oh, yeah. We all, it's, so uh, it's fine. It's incredibly hot and humid, and doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon. So that's fun. I'm leaving town. I'm getting out. I'm leaving town on Tuesday. You want to come? You want to go with me? Uh, I, I'm i going with you. Will it Let's be cooler? It. TBD. Maybe <laughs> a little bit. We'll see. It'll we be a change of scenery at the very least, which is nice. Where are we going to go to? We're going to Boston, and I might throw myself in the harbor. Either, oh. They've thrown tea before, but I may just, it Can might just be me. Can you go swimming in the harbor? Maybe not directly. Everyone like in Boston just went, no, God. Don't get in the harbor. Don't ever swim in the harbor. <laughs> That's how you get an infection in the harbor. <laughs> I imagine well, so. Well, but your seafood still- that comes out of it's delicious, so I'll eat that. Yeah. Oh, man. Lobster roll. I was just telling somebody about the Bostonia Pub lobster roll. That's not why we're going, but we will have a lobster roll. You know we're what? Going. I got extra excited when you just mentioned that because I, <laughs> I'm super stoked about the Bostonia Hot and cold? Come on. Both kinds of lobster rolls? <sighs> really good. The world Bloody doesn't Mary's. deserve it. Great service. Yes, for real. We're going to so get good. Crocs at the Crocs store. <laughs> and let me just say, this is a conversation I just had with my husband. Because I got an alert on my phone that some Crocs had been delivered. And I said, did some Crocs get delivered? He was like, yeah, um, they must be yours. And I go, well... I have um, three pairs coming and almost <laughs> almost four because I got the pair that I ordered today, which are super cute. I'm going to show them to you. No, I'm going to show them to you tonight for the Q&A. Okay. Show, show me on the Q&A. Yes. Well, you'll be listening to this on Friday, but if you want to hear a replay of the Q&A that we have for our Patreon subscribers once a month, it comes once a month, but you can always catch the replay if you can't catch it live because we get to see stuff like Christy's Croc order. Yeah. I'm very stoked yeah. because Boston was the genesis of our Croc session. Croc it was. Obsession. And, and uh, we'll be back. I have... Um, a new pair of Taco Bell Crocs coming because somehow I did not notice that on the soles of them, they are the one is supposed to say live and the right is supposed to say Moss. My right has nothing. So I'm just getting live. I'm not She's getting, just living. I can't handle the Moss. I'm just living. I'm just surviving. I want to thrive. <laughs> so Tommy contacted them and 
a new pair is being sent. Apparently, this is I'm not the only ones that's happened to. So if anybody out there needs a live size nine croc slide taco bell let me know because i have it and i'm just like what do i do with this pair now so i'm gonna donate them uh to whoever would like them right and then i've also ordered a white pair for the taylor swift concert and way too many taylor swift gibbets so oh swifty crocs we're gonna look baller in our swifty crocs but that's coming later we're going to boston first july 19th that's where our croc obsession began and you can see us come full circle here this next year July 20th, we're going to be in Brooklyn. And July 22nd, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. There's a couple tickets left for Boston and Brooklyn. And D.C., you're on the edge of us having to buy a McGruff uh, Washington Nationals jersey or something, a local jersey, because y'all are teetering on the edge of selling out. And like I said, the other ones are getting close. He'll wear whatever it takes uh, in any of those cities. Remember, it's your city. Hockey? I believe it is baseball, is it not? Oh, I don't really know. And I apologize to everyone who is a Nationals fan. Uh, That part of the country is a mystery to me. (laughs) We're about to drive through it. Like whose teams are what and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, okay, cool. The Nationals. Do they have any other teams? Well, I have to confess first that I only knew that the Nationals were Washington Nationals because the W for their logo looks like Walgreens. And one time I asked someone why they were wearing a Walgreens hat and they were like, it's the Washington Nationals. And I was like, pardon me. Sorry. Walgreens is a great store. I'm a Walgreens girl <laughs> over CVS. So I would exactly. I would rock a Walgreens hat. Well, they also have the Washington Commanders, which is the football team. It used to not be called that. For a while, it was just called the Washington football team, but now it's the Washington Commanders. Do they compete in the NFL? Yes, this is their new rebrand. Oh, okay. Our our once rivals, and then the Capitals, the Washington Capitals, are the hockey team. So any one of those uh, jerseys McGruff may be wearing. He could wear them. You never know. But. And if you're in Boston or Brooklyn, you can bring some friends to the show because if he sells those out, he's going to wear his jerseys there, too. Mm-hmm. And then we got to find a place to hang a bunch of toddler jerseys, um, <laughs> just probably in your house. I imagine. He's going to have a little. He'll have like, a little, uh, like celebrities have, you know, hanging racks of clothes because there's just, there's closets <laughs> like can't, like they have like whole rooms or their closet. That's what we'll do for him. He'll get a whole uh, his and put some on display. Maybe he can autograph them and put them in frames behind his desk. Yeah, like when you retire a jersey, and it (laughs) gets. We'll have a McGruff retiring jersey ceremony (laughs) where they all get raised, and we all have to salute. And yeah, he can sign them too. And we'll sing one of those marijuana is not fun songs, but we'll change the words. One of the McGruff songs, crack cocaine or whatever. We'll play a song (laughs) while we raise the jerseys. Crack cocaine hits. Yeah, it's a good one. com slash live shows, though, and uh, we'll see you then. But what we're seeing today is some freaky stories that you have picked out for us. Some freaky stories, yeah. Freaky Friday 69. We're about to wine, dine, and Freaky Friday 69, (laughs) everybody. (laughs) Which is very tacky, given the subject line of this first one. Yeah, that's... So, we're going to do a little... Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. (laughs) This made it way way more respectful that I did a little sound effect in the middle. When you make the Wayne's World sound effect, I had to felt like I had to go into a new, oh, well, now I'm. Yes, now we may start.
Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. Well, this first one is from Heather, not you. I don't think this is you. It was not. I would tell you. Okay. And the subject line is, I lived next door to a wife murderer. Hello, ladies. I recently found your podcast. As a newer resident to the DFW area, it has been so refreshing to find a podcast from the DFW area with such lovely, curious, open-minded people. And it doesn't hurt that one of the hosts is named Heather. I was born and lived the first 22 years of my life in Michigan, but have lived the last 25 or so years of my life between Texas and Oklahoma. Talk about a culture shock. Texas has its issues, but Oklahoma is truly the Wild West, as this story will attest. My ex-husband and I lived in a quaint part of Tulsa with 1920 to 1940-ish houses with a lot of character. Translation, some people were fixing up the houses, but there was a lot of work yet to do in the neighborhood and still a significant amount of crime happening. A very nice, attractive 40 to 50-ish year old woman named Joyce and her younger boyfriend Marcus bought the house next to us. Their ages are actually pertinent to the story, as you will see later. We saw them coming and going, talked occasionally as neighbors do, and all went on with our lives. They had two beautiful German shepherds in large cages in the backyard. I wasn't too crazy about the cages, but I realized I am a bleeding heart animal lover, and as the animals appeared to be well taken care of, I didn't think too much about it. One day I came home after work. My husband worked nights, so I was alone most nights, and noticed Marcus working with the dogs in the front yard. Being the aforementioned bleeding heart animal lover, I couldn't help walking over and asking if I could pet the dogs. Marcus said sure, and gave the dogs some sort of command, at which point they seemed to relax and I could pet them. Weird, I thought. He mentioned that he trained dogs for law enforcement. I was getting a weird controlling type of vibe from him, but when he explained that he trained police dogs, my analytical mind said, well, that's why I was getting that vibe. We said goodbye and I went into my house and didn't think much more about that weird feeling. A few months passed with the same routine, seeing and waving to each other coming and going, when one day Marcus had his pickup truck backed into the driveway and was loading it up. My husband and I came home, saw him, made idle conversation. He said he was going on a trip and we went into our house. No big deal and no alarm bells. Two days later, police were swarming around their house. We saw Joyce's name on the evening news as a missing person and no Marcus anywhere. Very suspicious. We had no idea what was going on. Did she go with him on this trip? Very weird. Fast forward two to three weeks and poor Joyce's body was found weighted down with a refrigerator in a pond in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Come to find out that's where Marcus was originally from and he knew the back roads very well. My true crime self researched everything I could in the news, talking to neighbors and talking to relatives who would come by their house during those few weeks while Joyce was missing. Come to find out they did have a very turbulent relationship and her family immediately knew he had done something to her because she'd managed to get a phone call off to a family member screaming for help and telling the family member he was going to kill her while they heard him yelling in the background until the phone went dead. So, so scary. It still makes my blood run cold thinking about it. The news and police never said he was a suspect until her body was found. 
At that time, he was featured on the news a few times, saying that the police were looking for him as a suspect for Joyce's murder. Then it passed from the news cycle. But wait, there's more. About a month later, I saw in the news that Marcus had been found dead from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Okay, that was weird. My true crime senses started to go off again, and I started inquiring. After talking to many people and doing my research, I found out that Joyce had three adult sons in their 20s. I guess I should have known that as her neighbor. They were among the many people who came and went from their house during the time she was missing. Though she and Marcus may have passed from the news cycle, her adult sons had never stopped looking for Marcus, and they found him. The details of Marcus's suicide were vague, but I heard from my neighbor, who was the brother of a Tulsa police officer, that Marcus was found in an empty parking lot in Sand Springs, up against a chain-link fence, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I guess those boys saved the Tulsa police a lot of paperwork. Wow. That is, it's so eerie to have been so close to that man and talking to him about his dog, you know, not like personally close, but just physically proximity wise. And you never know what's going on behind closed doors, which is yeah. always, yeah. When you find out later that something horrible was, it definitely is a uh, very eerie and haunting. You, re you were, as I was reading, Googling about this case and found some interesting facts as well. Yeah, you're right. It says uh, his body was found exactly like Heather said in a fenced yard in the Oklahoma Department of Transportation maintenance shop just off of 51, Interstate 51. And according to his autopsy, which it would make sense why there was some scuttlebutt, it sounds like with the neighbors that maybe it was not self-inflicted that he actually died of two shots fired at close range toward his chest area. So police said, well, we've seen in some cases, maybe you accidentally pull it twice, or, you know, not accidentally, but it ends up getting pulled twice. But I can see how if you were, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just suspicious of like, oh, interesting circumstances, how you might think, even though the police called it self-inflicted, when you get that autopsy report that it was two bullets, you might go, well, either way, the case uh, and the uh, Jocelyn's case was closed, which was her neighbor who, yes, whose body was found yes, in that and pond. No one was charged with um, anything in the in the case of Marcus as well. Might be one of those things where the police say, "Well, either way, yeah, you know." Yeah, exactly. If uh, the her family is not saying, well, we really think it's this other person, please pursue this, mm -hmm. then yeah, as law enforcement, you say that was our only suspect and he's now, he's he's not able to be questioned anymore. Right, so case right, closed, right. yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for sending that in and sharing that with us. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. This next one is from Vanessa, and it is called Stalker versus Me versus Metal Pipe. Hi, ladies and McGruff, but mostly <laughs> McGruff. Oh, hey, baby. <laughs> Freaky Friday number 58 was deeply relatable, with the creeps following you in trucks, catcalling, and university technicians taking care of young ladies. And it made me think of my stalker, who, for the sake of this story, we'll call Matt. In the second year of my undergrad, I had gotten dumped big time. 
think three-year relationship ended over the phone a week after I'd moved back to the small town where I was attending university. It was kind of a big time. I was pretty down in the dumps, so the only thing to do was get pretty, go to class, and try to move on. My apartment was on a huge hill above campus, so I had to walk about 20 minutes uphill. It was early October, so it was still hot, and I was in a little skirt and booties. I watched a red truck drive towards me, then do a full-on U-turn just to pull up next to me. Apparently, my red flag radar was off due to the overwhelming sadness, and I was kind of feeling myself, so I gave this Matt guy my number, even though I should have avoided it. Whoops. We went on one single date, and it was a big mistake. Huge. I wasn't feeling the date, didn't let him kiss me or anything, and just let him know I wasn't feeling it. But apparently, he was anyways. For months, Matt would be parked in his red truck outside my apartment, and as soon as I got close to the vehicle when I was walking, he would speed away. I was in a pretty niche major, so my building on campus was pretty isolated from everything else. The only other faculty who had space in that building was another niche major on the top floor, but other than that, it was exclusively my faculty. I started noticing him coming into the building and just hanging around, which drove me bonkers. I had been elected president of the course union that year, so I was pretty publicly involved on campus, and he would show up to all the events I would throw for our major, but I couldn't do anything about kicking him out because it was technically open to the public. It's so creepy looking back. There's a photo a friend took of me at a pumpkin carving event we hosted, and Matt's in the background of it. As the year went on, I was pretty frustrated by all this. One afternoon, Matt was in the lobby, and I got up in his face and sternly told him to leave me the fuck alone and get out. He got back up in my face, saying this is university property and I have no say and he has a right to be there. Then comes Philip. Sweet, sweet Philip was the metalworking technician in the building, and he's the kindest guy ever, truly the most dad vibes, and he was always around to help. Philip's office was right next to the lobby, and as I mentioned, he was a welding tech. He came out of his office with a massive metal pipe and was swinging it into his palm as he walked over and got in between me and Matt. Philip turned back to me and said, Is there a problem here, Vanessa? I said, yes, he's been following me. Philip told him to get out or he'd call security. Thankfully, that was the last time I saw Matt in person. I would still constantly see his truck outside of my building, though. Not long after that, I moved back home to the city and transferred to a bigger school. When COVID slash lockdown started, I began receiving phone calls from a number I didn't recognize. Finally, I picked up because I was bored in the pandemic. At first, I didn't recognize his voice, but he said, uh, it's Matt. We went on a date a couple years ago. I screamed into the phone. Leave me the fuck alone. You're the creepiest guy on the planet until he hung up. And that was the last I ever heard from my stalker. If there's any takeaway I have from all this, never giving out my number again. Love the podcast. Look forward to it every week. Tell McGruff I love him. Cheers. Love, Ness. I love you too. <laughs> oh, Vanessa, Ness. It this makes me so sad because it's so it happens so often. Oh gosh, where all the time. 
under the guise of like, well, I just like you and we went out and why can't you be normal? But it's somebody repeatedly making someone feel uncomfortable and then operating under the guise of society of being like, oh, it, it's an event open to everyone at the right. university. I'm allowed to be here. This is a university building. I'm allowed to be here and stand in the corner and stare at you. And Which, I unfortunately, <laughs> is legally right. And yeah, I mean, that's what sucks is with these stalking things, it's always like, well, legally and technically he does have a right to be here. So until he does anything and you're like, it's too late. When until he does anything, that's too late. This is showing he's escalating and it's very threatening to take away like your safety net, especially at school when you have like a very niche major, you know, everybody in your classes and stuff. And then all of a sudden he's just like intruding on that. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I didn't ask you. Like, I didn't ask for you to be here. Fuck no, and he's not doing it because he's all of a sudden interested in what you're interested Mm-mm. in. He's doing it because he's trying to sniff around and get close. Yeah. And you're right. When they say, oh, well, we have to wait till he do- does something. I'm like, I'm the something that's going to get something done to it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit here like a sitting duck. Right. But I might be biased because my dad's name was Philip. And I. It's <laughs> often it is sad, but it is a, a thing that, you know, if guys who are interested in uh, dismantling the patriarchy... <laughs> Uh, but it, it sucks because part of the patriarchy is until another man says, this one's mine, get away, a guy often won't get away, which sucks. So until we get rid of all of the guys or get rid of the thinking of the guys who are like, oh, oh, I'm going to follow her. And then you have to have one says, this is mine, get away. Until we do that, it is, it's important. And I think appreciated, at least by me, with people like Philip who are willing to not make a thing about it. He's obviously not going to hit on Vanessa. It's like a dad going, yeah. all right get away come on buddy her dad's not around but i'm here yeah the fuck away but clearly also like you're about to fuck around and find out matt yeah so get out of here i just love the thought of philip just smacking a big old metal pipe just into like, his hand pop. like they're a problem here Vanessa's <laughs> just so like intimidating but not saying a word about like what he could do with that pipe right and That's he's like what He's like, I'm innocent. I'm just a metalworking technician walking around with my items. I have a wrench, too, and yeah. some clippers. I've got a lot of, of equipment that uh, could make somebody go missing. Probably would never yeah. find them. Nobody would ever ask any questions. I'm real liked around here. Anyways, uh, all that aside, is there a problem here, <laughs> Vanessa? Yeah, do we have an issue? But um, it sucks that it takes that, but often it does. But oh my God, the gut punch stomach drop of your phone rings during COVID and you're like, ah, maybe it's an old roommate or an old friend. And it's like, hey, it's Matt. And you're like, fuck. That's so, this, that's, um, it's not creepier than actually like following her and stuff. But knowing that someone that you probably didn't think about again means Mm-mm. they meant so little to you and it was such an inconsequential date you're like all right cool i'm not feeling it and normally you both just go on your way this guy wasn't going to do that and then even a year after he still thinks about that one date that Mm -hmm. was probably you know an hour long maybe and that and that's what really gets me because when police or authorities say well just wait until something happened it's like you realize that this guy who i've spoken to a handful of times is still calling me that's how his brain works he's still obsessed with me so it's you know what i mean like yeah did he physically do anything no but it's like 
you then your safety is once again taken away like oh my god he still has my number well it wouldn't be long until he could find out where i moved to he obviously still thinks about me it's just petrifying it really is and you're right that thing where you're like okay it's finally over you know philip chased him off with the pipe in a way and we're all good and i've graduated and i moved towns and it's totally over and years later that thought of they're still trying to exert control and i've been through that had an ex well, you know, very the one I've talked about before of like finding me online and making these threatening comments. Three years later, I got an email once I was like ready to, you know, kind of move to a new city and start over. And it was like, hey, how are you? And I had gotten a new email address and somehow figured out my new email address. And mm. that kind of thing where it's like, I'm still kind of watching you now. And now I'm privileged to have not only the power of being an attorney, but the power of having this platform that we have that I'm like, oh, trying to motherfucker. Oh, I dare. I dare. Don't fucking don't. I'll Uh, take out fucking billboards. (laughs) CompanyDigital.com. Oh, yeah. We we got some billboards. (laughs) You got a lot coming up. We can put it. Yeah. Honestly, like you think that like they're coming back and you're it's scary. Or at the very least, um, Something happened that he po- you popped back up in their mind, and Mm-mm. it's like you haven't thought at all, or maybe you have because you know it was traumatizing. But there's been you know people I've dated, and then like it ends, and then yeah, forever later, it's like you get a friend request or something. You're like, what? There's no, no. reason for this. We don't <laughs> need to. Friends. We're not friends, and we no. don't. We don't need to pretend like we are. So, but it gives me the heebie-jeebies, and I'm like, why? Why were you like thinking like we would? You know what I mean? Like I'm just like let's yeah. all just live our lives. And yeah, I feel like it. You're not allowed to think about us. <laughs> you're not stop. <laughs> I, the same with like someone will go. Do you think your exes ever listen to the show? They're actually banned from listening. So if you find out they are, you need to take their phone and unsubscribe. And by banned, we mean we're verbally we verbally I'm banned. Ever, you're banned. I ban a lot of stuff and people from life. Like a pizza place messes up my order. I'm like they're banned. And yeah. Paris goes, what does that mean? They're just banned. They're banned. So they are banned. Uh, well, do I, I never really think if my exes listen. I mean, nah. <sighs> You know, but go for it. Speaking of band, Ness, Matt's band, Red Truck Matt, turn the fucking radio totally off. This banned. isn't for you. No, <laughs> you're not banned. banned. Philip, hero. We'd Phillip, like to give you, you a shout out. We're going to put the name Philip on our list at every at every <laughs> show. And if you're Philip with the pipe, come in with your pipe and we'll let you. <laughs> oh, God. You have to be this one, though. You have to bring your ID from her exact college that only we know. So, so on our guest list that we submit to venues, we're going to have... Philip with the pipe. Yes. And then they are going to have to figure out what that means. <laughs> they just determine it. And also Vanessa, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Vanessa, for sending that in. And I love that you just yelled, leave me the fuck alone. You're the creepiest guy on the planet over and over until he hung up. That's, yes. that's the only move right there. The That move, the only thing I could think of is going, Matt, the one who the man had to chase off with the pipe, <laughs> that Matt. You have the audacity. Matt, the one who ruined our pumpkin carving event with his mere presence. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, Matt, hang on. Somebody wants to talk to you. And then you take a metal pipe and scrape it on concrete (laughs) and be like, never call here again. (laughs) Or you go, hold on one second. Hey, fella. And then. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) Do a man's voice. That's what I do. Or McGruff. Yeah. You're like, hey, McGruff. And then. Matt's definitely hanging up because McGruff with a metal pipe. Don't even get him started. (laughs) Dunzo.
Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Portia, and Portia didn't include a subject line, so I'm just going to make one up, and it is going to be called White Rock Tragedies. Hello, ladies. I picked up y'all's podcast in the late fall of 2022. I binged all your episodes and Patreon content in a matter of months by listening at 1.5 speed. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I currently live in Dallas and have been in the DFW area since 2011. It's fun hearing y'all talk about Dallas and know what and where you're talking about. So on to the story. I'm a teacher, and when we had gone virtual in March of 2020, I wanted to find a place to go walking so I wouldn't be holed up in my apartment all the time. I found a park just north of 635, Valley View Park if you're interested, where I was able to get on a concrete trail to walk and eventually bike. It was the White Rock Creek Trail. At this point, I had heard about the machete murder a few years prior, but didn't realize where it had specifically taken place and had forgotten about it. Then when I got into y'all's podcast in late 2022, I started at the beginning, with one of the early episodes being the White Rock Machete Murder. When y'all mentioned Harry Moss Park, I just remember thinking, oh shit, I know exactly where that's at. I rode my bike by it all the time. I hadn't been bike riding in a while, but recently picked it up again, and now I think about that murder when I'm bike riding on that trail. Recently, I was visiting family and was talking to my aunt's husband. I mentioned where I liked to go bike riding, and he asked if I knew about what had happened there. I asked if he was talking about the machete murder. He said yes, and he had worked with the victim. He pretty much reiterated what you ladies said, how nice he and his wife were, and what a lovely couple they were. Regarding the same park, back in March, I started doing this program called Couch to 5K to get back into exercising, though eventually went back into bike riding, going to the same park. Each time I would do the walking and running, it was for about 30 minutes. I'd go for 15 minutes and then turn around and head back. One day on my way back, as the park came into view, I saw a Dallas PD car on the street in front of the park with its lights on. I watched it, wondering if it would turn into the parking lot. It did. And then another one showed up. And another. And another. Like four to six Dallas PD cars showed up. And then a fire truck. At this point, I was back at my car. I got in and noped the fuck out. As I was leaving the parking lot, an ambulance showed up. I found on Twitter through the account at DFW Scanner that there had been a 911 caller who reported hearing multiple gunshots and possibly one person being shot. While seeing if I could find any information, I also found that in June of 2022, there had been a man found dead in the same park between two cars. I guess I need to find a new place to go exercising. I'll include a link to the 2022 murder and a screenshot of the tweet I saw about the shooting. And oh, the, the tweet from DFW Scanner says, Shooting. Dallas PD is investigating a shooting at Valley View Park near Valley View Lane and Hillcrest Road. 911 caller reported hearing multiple gunshots and possibly one person hit. Expect police activity in this area. Well, thanks for sending that article to Portia. Yeah, it says that there is a person found fatally stabbed in 2022. And police, is, as far as when this was published, are still looking for answers. So if anybody has mm. any information on the Thursday evening sh uh, stabbing of somebody uh, at Valley View Park on in 2022 in the summertime they said call dpd and let them know well, we can put the link in the show notes too but 
it's uh, stuff like that where it's, you know, people that may have seen something or been around. It sounds like uh, Portia was not around, thank God, at the time of any of these things. But that area, I was just over there. They're really building it up now that they've leveled Old Valley View Mall, mm-hmm. and making it Dallas Midtown. They're making it, truly trying to make it into like a destination for retail, dining, and things. So I'm interested to see kind of how the parks around there will change as far as the crime rate, just Mm -hmm. given more presence of just new people moving in, just more people around to see stuff. If you haven't listened to the episode Portia is referring to, the White Rock Jogger Machete Murder, it's episode 55, and it's still one of the most difficult episodes I think we've covered people ask all the time in Q and A's and stuff, what are the ones that stick with you? And that is one that has always really stuck with me because of the pure, it's just sad all the way around and Mm -hmm. the sheer um, violence of people just doing their everyday thing and then meeting the heinous and grisly end and others witnessing it too in a place that is supposed to be, Nature, you're biking, you're running, you're outside enjoying the fresh air, and no one could predict what's waiting around the corner. But also, parks can be, yes, all of that, but also be careful in parks, you know, especially if you're uh, by yourself, especially if you're a female. Like, it's the world we live in that we have to take precautions to avoid being a victim like this. Yeah, right. Like you said, keeping your head on a swivel and, you know, having the the birdie thing that I got us some of those where you pull it mm-hmm. and it's super duper loud just to kind of dis- deter and c- cause a scene and cause a commotion. I am Things low like key that. terrified that my children are going to find that. And one day <laughs> I have it put away where they can't, but where I'm just going to hear and not know how to and not Honestly. be able to find the, the th- part they threw. And it's just chaos. <laughs> that is the danger. That's why I keep the the part. The, I keep the one part on my uh, keychain, but God, you're right. If, if I threw the other part, hopefully the battery runs out eventually. Because <laughs> it sounds like a, I mean, it sounds like an industrial fire alarm. It's, mm-hmm. Have you tested your, oh God, it's so fucking loud. It's good though. You want that. Oh yeah, you definitely want that. And we can put a link to the thing we're talking about too. It's like, it goes on your keychain and um, if you pull it apart, it a siren alarm goes off and you throw half of it and it won't stop until you put it back together. So the idea is that, It would create a commotion and allow you to get away or scare off the person that was, you know, attacking you. Yeah, for sure. Just create it. Because, you know, sometimes people don't come if they hear you screaming, but they may think, oh, my gosh, we have to call the police. It sounds like something's on fire. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's my life is on fire. Fucking call 911 when I yell for you. But (laughs) right. uh, But no, I appreciate your sending that in, Portia, because that is that it's that case. When we do think about it, you like Christy said, it's. One of the ones that I think about, and it was, I just had such a impact on us. And uh, I appreciate everybody that listens through it as we cry when we're covering it because <laughs> yeah. it was so Of all so hard. the episodes we've covered, I think that was the one that I cried the hardest for sure. Well, this next one is from Lauren, and the subject line is, I survived the Bermuda Triangle. Hi, ladies. I love your podcast and how much you enjoy interacting with your fans. My husband even calls you my sinister friends. I loved your Bermuda Triangle episode because I have firsthand experience. When I was in kindergarten, my parents took my brother and I on a cruise to the Bahamas that ended with a trip to Disney World. A trip that was supposed to be a magical experience ended up being the trip from hell. 
To this day, my mom says that the theme song for our trip is Sloop John B. by the Beach Boys, specifically the lines, I want to go home. (laughs) And my dad favored the animals, I got to get out of this place. It was horrible. From the jump, my mom and brother were miserably sick, either from seasickness or a stomach bug. As a five-year-old, I was unfazed by my mom and brother's pain because it meant that I got to spend all my time with dad. Unlike my mom, he didn't cut me off when I had too much chocolate mousse, though he did regret it when all of that chocolate mousse came back up. All that sets the scene for when we reached the Bermuda Triangle. In March 1993, Florida experienced what has been called the Storm of the Century, which I literally just found out about because I was looking for the name of the hurricane. Apparently, it's a no-name hurricane, but that doesn't diminish its destructive power. Imagine being on a cruise in the Bermuda Triangle in the middle of a hurricane. Now imagine the hurricane doubling back in an unprecedented move and hitting that same cruise for a second time. That's right, I didn't experience any spooky disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle, but I did go through the same hurricane twice. I remember being in the pool when the waves started rolling and I banged my face against the side of the pool, chipping my tooth. After we safely weathered the storm of the century, we disembarked in Florida and my mom and brother started to feel human again. I, however, got violently ill. My main memory from my first trip to Disney World was laying on a park bench with my head in my mom's lap, sipping lemonade as she rubbed my forehead. My nine-year-old brother didn't mind because he got to go on the big kid rides with my dad. By the way, my dad managed to escape whatever got my mom, brother, and me. I was going to include a bonus story about how my husband was shot in the head and was totally fine, but this is already long enough. I'll be happy to send it in if you're interested. Keep it creepy, Lauren. Oh, yeah, I'd like to have that story. Please send that. (laughs) Certainly. Please send that in. What a cliffhanger that is. Yeah. What? Thank you, Lauren, for the cliffhanger. Please do share that with us. In the meantime, I'm having visions of those viral videos that have been going around. Oh, my God. I was thinking about them, too. Those chairs were flying and people are like gripping the edge. Yeah, people are. I mean, if you haven't seen these, just go to TikTok and look up uh, cruises lately and uh, it, I mean, legitimately scary, though. The winds can get so high and strong on those. It knocks you down. And then there's kids and stuff. Somebody can just get knocked right over the edge. But yeah, easily equipment and chairs flying around can hit you in the head and, and hurt. It's It can be very dangerous. I've been on many cruises and nothing like this has happened. But I have been in multiple hurricanes on land. And yeah, they're not super fun, you know. So if I was in the middle of the ocean on one. No, thank you. No, Twice, absolutely. Definitely. No. no, thank you. <laughs> the same. You, I mean, especially if you're like, oh, thank God it's passed. And they're like, uh oh. You're like, turning wait around. a second. It's turning around. <laughs> it's coming back for us. That no name hurricane do- was like, y'all aren't going to give me a name. I'm going to make my fucking name known. And I'm turning back around and hitting this carnival ship a second time. Right? I will. You will never forget me. <laughs> anyway, enjoy the chip tooth. <laughs> Knocking children oh, over. <laughs> this hurricane is a monster. But I, I have a question for you. Me? Hurricane or not, are you going on this new icon of the seas? No, never. No. I can't be it's, on a ship with 7,000 people. I'll jump it's off. five times larger than the Titanic. No, that's too big. And there's just too many people that I don't, you know, I like to be able to <laughs> leave a situation if need be. And if you're trapped on the ocean... 
you can't do that. You can't. There is 20 decks for you to choose from, oh, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seven pools for you to chip your tooth at in a hurricane. Jeez Louise. And six water slides. God help you don't be on that when the hurricane strikes. <laughs> you come out that and you end up in the middle of the Atlantic. You're like, what? A minute ago, I was on the ship. <laughs> Where am I? They're like, this fucking water slide is gnarly. <laughs> There's, I saw a whale. <laughs> you're like, like, well, you're in the ocean now. So, <laughs> yeah. I will say this drives me crazy, and I'm not really nitty about things, so I wonder how you feel about it. It's 1,198 feet long. You couldn't have put, like, a two-foot flag? You couldn't have gotten two more? <laughs> you couldn't have gotten two more there? Get an even two thousand. What are we doing? Get like a like a wooden lady, mermaid lady off the front yeah. or something, carving just so it sticks out a little bit further. But that's plenty. That's too much. Well, gosh, that I am very sorry, Lauren, that you chipped your tooth. Uh, but I'm glad you made it off the boat. I'm sorry uh, that your first time at Disney World was also <laughs> yeah. a real bummer. Because Central. yeah, that's you know to be looking forward to that so much as a kid, and then. You're just ill. Your brother, I think he, while he was still sick, I'd rather be sick on the ship and well for Disney World. How'd your dad avoid it? Superhuman strength, probably. Right. Turns out your dad's a superhero, so congrats. <laughs> he's he's like, my family will make it through two hurricanes, and I will not get sick. I, have I to will not. Them. Somebody has to be well to take care of them. Well, they were. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. Sinisterhood will be right back. This next one is from Loquin, and the subject line is Uncles William, Michael, and Wayne, and the Bigfoot. Hi, y'all. Love y'all. You're awesome. I met you in Raleigh last year, and it was a great time. Anyway, I've known that my Uncle William is spooky like me for forever, but I didn't know the full story of his encounter with Bigfoot until today. I'm going to write it out in more of a story format, but add the text thread as a file. Bridgeport, Texas, around 1960. Bridgeport is a small town on the northwest side of Fort Worth. Brothers Michael and William and their cousin Wayne were playing outside in the back. My grandfather was the kind of person to keep junk cars and not quite take care of his space, so I imagine this was a dusty, hot summer day and the boys were running around and exploring. They were preteens, the youngsters of a large family, pretty much left to their own devices. Their land backed up to the West Fork Trinity River, so I imagine the boys were fishing and lazing around its relative coolness. I know there were trees. I imagine somewhat scrubby bush, but I haven't been there enough to know. William noticed it first, a large brown back on the other side of the river. He shook Mike by the shoulder, hissing, Bear! All three boys stilled and watched the creature over the river, watched it turn, and then straighten to its full height. Tall taller even than their brother Vern, who was the tallest man around. Shaggy fur covering long limbs, intelligent eyes, definitely not a bear. The boys made a break for it. Dodging junk cars and bramble bushes, they ran back to the house, finding their older brother Sam and Vern smoking on the porch, empty bottles of beer around their feet. Gasping for breath, William explained what they saw. M Mike was the quieter brother, and Wayne was already doubting himself. The older brothers... Young men, barely not boys themselves, immediately started laughing and ribbing their brothers. Oh, a Bigfoot. All right. Yeah, right. You may have seen a big dog. Defeated, the boys tried to tell other family members with similar results. Uncle Willie was the only grown-up who took them seriously. Uncle Willie 
had his own secrets. But this wasn't the end. It never let them get close, but the boys and the Bigfoot came to a kind of understanding. The boys weren't afraid the second time they saw it, and not the third. It never moved close to them, and fearing more mockery, they never brought anyone else to see. Eventually it moved on, or they moved on, my family was pretty unsettled, and Vern eventually saw his own weird shit, and so did Sam, because we're just a spooky weird family. Uncle William is the only one left of the boys, and we bond over the sheer amount of weird that has happened in our lives. He said I could tell you this story, and at the end of our conversation, said this, Yeah, there's a lot of things nobody but a few get to see. They don't have the time to believe. They're afraid to believe. I hope you enjoy, since it happened so close to your own stomping grounds. Well, I very much enjoy Loquin knowing that there's a Bigfoot in Fort Worth. Christy, where are we? We're going Bigfoot hunting. Get your shit. We're canceling the Q&A. We're going Bigfoot hunting. Get my shit. Tonight. What is what all do I need? But I, I'm ready to go. I think I got my new Crocs, so I'm yeah. good to go. Um, I am upset that I grew up in Fort Worth and never, especially as much time as I spent outside, aka at the pipe. I never in the woods. I never once saw a Bigfoot sighting. But it exists, and Loquan shared the text between her and her uncle William, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. He's he's still, you know, uh, judging by the profile pic, he's older and he still seems to remember it like it happened yesterday. Man, I love it. Yeah, because he said, uh, like, I don't care if you tell the story. There's lots of things nobody but a few get to see. They don't have time to believe. And very sweet Loquin said, I love you. That's right. They could believe, but they choose not to. And then separate text message, which is more impactful, in my opinion, William says, Afraid to believe. Yeah. He's not wrong, though. Because you might go, oh, it's a bear. Oh, it's a dog. Oh, it's whatever. Because if not, you have to grapple with what it is, which is a Tarrant County Bigfoot. <laughs> um, yeah. I also, I'm almost more alarmed if we have bears in Fort Worth because I don't think we're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> not that close to where civilization is Not unless it's in a zoo. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not happening. So, oh, yeah. It's easily it, we could have bears in <laughs> Dallas. The zoo, the animals get loose from the zoo constantly. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I might have a bear in my backyard right now. There's no telling. Gorillas no, are no running time. around all the time. No, Fort Worth is locked down though. Uh, Fort Worth Zoo is a nice zoo too. So, and let I don't think bears are escaping from there. So it must have been a bigfoot. And I like that the boys kind of they had this understanding. You know, it's kind of like the. Uh, UFO episode we just did with the children. Like everyone, I feel like children are less jaded. They're more they have, they're more open minded. They're closer to the veil. So your lock eyes, you're like, I know what you are. You know what I am. We're gonna be cool, and we're each gonna stay on our own side of the river, and then that'll be at the end of it. Right. It's like no weapons, no animosity. You're you're doing your Bigfoot bathing over there. We're not here to interrupt. We're just trying to fish and hang out, probably like smoke stolen cigarettes or That's whatever right. youths in the sixties did. They're like, We gotta get our switchblade combs out and comb our hair back. Mm-hmm. I gotta don't know. Get our pack of cigarettes out from our rolled up white t shirt sleeve. <laughs> I'm just That's talking exactly about right. things and the outsiders at this point. Yeah, we're just, uh, I feel like it's just grease. It's real. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. every ca- teenager in high school looks 35 years old. Yes. Oh my gosh. What were we watching <laughs> last night that I said, why do teenagers back in the 90s look like full grown adults? Like in every movie or TV show you watched, 
No, they were like 37. Easily. It was wild. Like 90210. <laughs> no, that they legitimately were in their 20s and 30s. But when you watch it now, you're like, how did any of us even pretend to believe that these were 16 and 17 year olds? Right. And then when you're a teenager and you get into high school, I'm like, what are all these fucking kids doing yeah. around? Yeah. And why, why do Slip I Perry? Like- God. <laughs> yeah, right. Why don't Where's I look Pony like Boy? Jenny Garth or Shannon Doherty? Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of disappointment. So much. Well, thank you so much, Loquin, not only for uh, sharing that story, but also for sharing a story from your uncle. I think that's awesome when you can help people kind of preserve stories from your family for legacy. Sure. Tell him we said hello. And if he knows where we need to be looking in Fort Worth, send us a message because we got an upcoming Fort Worth trip planned. Yes, we do. So maybe we wait. Maybe we uh, just take a day, do some bigfoot hunting, and then go to the pipe. Maybe we do both at the same time. We're gonna do it. And yes, please tell William we ain't afraid to believe. We're full (laughs) believers. (laughs) Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Well, this last one is from Monica, and the subject line is the spaghetti-haired businessman of the night. Hey, sinister hoodies, Heather and Christy. I'm Monica, and I just recently became obsessed with your podcast after your crossover with Danielle and Cassie from National Park After Dark, and I'm still wigging out over the fault lines in Missouri causing church bells in Boston to ring. Y'all might have been the fastest I've clicked to subscribe to a new podcast to add to my spooky repertoire, and as I'm combing through the backlog and your Patreon goodies, I'm more and more impressed with you both. It's your ability to dip back and forth between comedy gold and serious subject matter that I really respect. Oh, and now my husband and I regularly say to each other, nothing dries up a pussy faster than narcissism. So clearly that needs to be on a shirt. I'm only sad I discovered you after your live show in Austin. Well, anywho, I'll get into my story. A few years back, I lived in a house in Baltimore that butted up against one of the city's oldest neighborhoods. It had been created as a planned community in the 1800s, complete with giant Victorian-style homes, big yards, and a network of secret paths that connected the houses together. The paths were built so that the residents of the community could meet up with each other without having to bother traversing the major roads in their hood or mingle with the non-wealthy riffraff, I guess. Now, most of the paths are overgrown, but they still cut through sneaky sections of people's yards. I used to walk these paths often, especially around twilight in the summer months. I was going through a real shit time with my ex-husband, which, by the way, I super appreciate you sharing your experience, Heather, with past bullshit relationships. And I welcomed any escape from the toxic environment I lived in. The paths are considered public land, so trespassing wasn't too much of a concern. But some of the paths definitely make you feel like you were creeping onto someone's property, so I tried to steer clear if it got too dark out. Luckily, the only creepy things I'd seen on the paths up until that point had been deer staring blankly at me, foxes darting out to trip me, and a trio of sneaky raccoons on a mission. But then, this thing happened. I was exiting one of the paths that dumped out into a back alleyway where a string of detached garages sat. This particular evening, I'd spent too long walking the paths, so now it was fully dark. I emerged into the alley, which was dimly lit with only a few streetlights, and came upon a man. At first, I awkwardly smiled and waved at him in a, don't mind me, I'm not trespassing, I swear, kind of a way. But he didn't acknowledge my presence. Then I noticed his appearance. He was super pale and incredibly old. He had long, stringy white hair and was stooped over to an exaggerated slouch 
He was wearing a battered old brown suit and carrying a briefcase. Now, this was around 10 o'clock at night on a muggy-ass summer evening in Baltimore. He moved very slowly and only in a rocking back-and-forth motion. His stringy hair was waving in the still air. He wasn't making much forward progress, maybe inching along. None of his movements seemed natural, almost as if he was stuck in place. I couldn't see his eyes since his head was dipped down, but his skin still seemed absurdly pale in the dim lights. Spooked now, even though I figured I could probably take this guy if he rushed me. Dude was a pile of animated bones. I quickly walked away from him down the alley. I checked over my shoulder as I went, fully expecting to suddenly find him sprinting at me, and then I'd be forced to choose between running for my life or shitting myself. But instead, I saw he was stuck in exactly the same spot, still creakily rocking back and forth, still no acknowledgement of my presence. He could have just been a crypt-keeper-looking dude with nighttime business. I shouldn't judge. But I've often wondered if I returned to that same spot at that same type of night if I'd see him again, recreating this moment. I've since moved away from Baltimore, so I have yet to test this theory. But I visit family and friends there often, so perhaps a future investigation? Interested to hear what you guys think. Was this a residual dude? Anyway, that's my story. Thanks so much for your podcast and all the care and work you put into it. Y'all are the tits. Monica. I think you're the tits for sending this in, Monica. We need Thank to bring you. that saying back. <laughs> what did you say yesterday? Somebody, I said somebody was sprung. sprung on somebody. <laughs> I'm yes. bringing it back, y'all. I'm bringing back bring all the 90s sayings. Tits yes, up. That's one back. of my favorite. The whole thing's oh, gone. Tits up. That's a Anything funny one to say. Not anything, but the things that are still okay from uh, that Austin Powers used to say, like tits up, that stuff like that still makes me laugh. Get in my belly. God, does that one do it? That does not do it for me anymore. That one and do you know, it? what about <laughs> bizarre to- lasers? lasers? Lasers will get me. That one lasers. Okay. Okay. Freaking, uh, yeah, anything frickin', about. Frickin', yeah, that one's good. Freaking sharks with freaking laser beams <laughs> attached to their heads will get me 100 <laughs> times out of 100 times. But Monica poses an interesting question. Yeah, when you do, it's one thing if you see someone kind of shambling around, they might be down on their luck. But it is interesting to remain kind of in the same position and doing the exact same movement. Do you go up to him? Would I, you have gone up to him and said, um, do you, hi, uh everything you good may i offer you some help would you i mean an an older gentleman at night seemingly you know perhaps um maybe needing an uh help walking or something do you go up to him or you just mind your business um i might have like tried to like she said the whole like oh hey don't mind me i'm not doing a crime and Depending on how safe I felt in the area, I do talk to strangers and I might have been like, hot night, right, man? And just because sometimes people are like, like, don't talk to me. And you're like, I will continue walking so quickly. Um, and other times they may be like, yeah, it's so hot. You know, can I get some help? And then you may know to like, you know, mm-hmm. give them a bottle of water or something. I don't know. Sometimes I'll talk to people. I'm not telling everybody else to do that. Yeah. Don't. I mean, we're not telling people to talk to a strange man in an alleyway at 10 o'clock at no. night. No. Yeah, uh, but it is, I think the only way you find out is you got to go back to that same spot at the exact same time. And like you said, do some investigation. See if see if maybe you run into him again. And if you do, maybe you ask a question. Right. And say like, uh, what's in the briefcase? Because what's in the briefcase? I feel Ooh. like. 
I would. What do you think's in the briefcase? Papers. I am. Yeah, I imagine. And what do you do? I'm unemployed. That was a (laughs) Big Lebowski reference. (laughs) It's my papers. My papers. My business papers. My business and whatnot. But yeah, I'm sure it's his papers. But it is. uh, It's eerie. But maybe that's just what he likes to do. He's vibing in the alleyway, and maybe if you go out there, you can vibe with him. And he's just. You know, he's older, takes him a long time, especially in a suit and you're hot. You know, you got to move a little slower. He's had a long day at the office, I guess, because he has a briefcase. But I think you got to go back same time of night. Maybe if you remember the same day, even the same day and see what happens and then send us an update. Yeah. And if it's the same day, it's a residual. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Or he's like five feet forward and you're like, have you been struggling this whole time? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Then you're like, I'm so proud of you. You're if hopefully it's, if he's struggling that long, it was a ghost and he's (laughs) making his way. He's good. He's good. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for sending that in and to everyone else who sent in your freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd, but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content like our recent mini-sode on Siri in the courtroom. Sorry in advance for everybody whose phone we messed up turning on Siri whenever we kept saying it on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can also head to SinisterHood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out all of our merch. We have t-shirts, mugs, stickers, totes, clothes for your kiddos. All you have to do is go to SinisterHood.com and click right there where it says shop. You can also review the show while you're there, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for more fun like topic-based playlists and links to those live show tickets we're talking about, sinisterhood.com slash live shows. Yeah, don't miss out. Well, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and threads, which is a new, the Twitter alternative. There's It's <laughs> coming apart. So we, uh, I imagine threads was like, Twitter is unraveling and we're yeah. grabbing one of those threads and making it our own and something better. And we're pulling it ourselves. Well, all of those platforms were at Sinisterhood Pod. You can like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok for video versions on YouTube. It's all of our Freaky Friday interviews are on there in video form. And our TikTok, we've got all kinds of fun videos like our, our Corn Skull, TikTok, our McGruff, any of those. Check those out. And if you want us to make a video just specially for you, go to Cameo.com and search Sinisterhood. And you can book us for a custom video shout out. We can say happy anniversary, happy birthday surprise we're going on a cruise on the icon of the seas whatever <laughs> surprise <laughs> heather's it. going on a cruise on the icon of the sea. oh i've just been announcing to the family we will not be attending, <laughs> be attending. but if you want to tell your family and break it to them they're going to be on the icon of the seas we would love to break the news at cameo.com just search sinisterhood christy where are you at on the world wide web i am on instagram at christy m wallace and I guess Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Can't think of the last time I tweeted something. And TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather, where are you? I'm on uh, Instagram and TikTok and threads at Heather versus the world. There you go. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. <laughs> <laughs>